find him though he be not far from every one of us for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said for we are also his offspring for as much then as we are of the offspring of God we ought not to think that of the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art of men's devices and the times of this ignorance God winked at but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day I'm going to tell you this is the most beautiful message. He hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Others said, we will hear of thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. But howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which was Dionysus, the Aeropagite, and a woman named Demarius, and others with them. For the next few moments, I want to speak from this subject the unknown God. The unknown God. Oh, I want this to get into your spirits tonight. I know you know his name. I know that you know what he can do. I know you know what he has done. I know you know his presence. I know you know his church. I know you know his body. But how well do you really know him? He's still very much unknown by you. We've got places bred or erected that we can praise him and we worship him. But there is still so much about him that we have not even tapped into. I want to preach about the unknown God. Every eye closed, every head bowed, every heart lifted. God, in the name of Jesus, let me hear you pray. God, reveal yourself tonight in a way that we have not had revealed in a long time. You are holy, you are wonderful, you are mighty, you are magnificent, you are above all, through all, and in all. Your name is majestic, oh God. Your presence is glorious. I'm asking right now in your name that your anointing would flow from this house, uh, from the front room of heaven uh, into the depths of our hearts, uh, from the pulpit to the back door. I'm asking right now, overwhelm us, saturate us, and flood this place with your anointing and with your presence. Uh, reveal your presence. Reveal your power. Reveal your glory. Reveal your majesty. Reveal your might, oh God. Uh, I'm asking you to open up your heart to us tonight to believe things that we have yet to believe to hear things we have yet to hear to know things that we are desiring to know in the name of Jesus why don't we clap our hands and praise him one more time you may be seated sad how funny and how weird it gets when there's a transition and how quiet it gets we need to get out of that routine of shutting down we need to keep an atmosphere of preparedness and awaiting in this house I don't want to continue hearing stories of how things used to be I don't want to hear any more stories about how excited people used to get 
We are not a dead church and we do not believe in a dead God. We are not a dead church and we do not believe in a steel God. We are not a dead church and we don't believe in a powerless God. We are a church that is alive. We are a church that is on fire. We are a church that has faith in a name that is above every name. We don't serve a God whose name is just named on upon a monument erected in the midst of many. We don't just serve a God whose name is listed in the litany of a thousand other gods. We don't just have a God whose name is powerful, who is mighty, whose name is above every other name, whose name is far more excellent than them, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that He is Lord. Something like this stirred inside of Paul. And I can see the trouble that Paul had gone through coming to Athens. He had pushed out by those faith believers in a church who refused to let their eyes be opened and their heart moved by what he preached about their faith. Their faith was not empty. Their faith was powerful. But it lacked revelation. It lacked acknowledgement of one particular truth. That their message had already been made manifested unto them. And they crucified him on a cross. And as he stands in front of the people of Athens, he is perceiving that they're superstitious. He perceives that they are a people that believe in many different things. They, they have many different gods. They're gods of nature, gods of the sun, gods of the river, gods of war, gods of plenteous, gods of children, gods of birth. But there was something inside of them that was innately hungry and different. And so he noticed as he stood, began to stand around and he began to declare unto them Jesus that it was just another God to them there was nothing that stood out about Jesus there was nothing that separated him to them other than the fact that Paul is declaring that Jesus actually lived and died and rose again to them their gods were eternal Without knowing their beginning or without knowing their history. They were just gods that they falsely worshipped because of philosophy. And their ruined min, min, uh, uh, mindsets about what it was that they put their empty faith into. The spirit stirred inside of Paul after being sent off. And so as he began to declare them the same truth that he declared unto Thessalonica. And having no revelation. He found something to stand on. The unknown God to them was a doctrine without true origin or nature. A monument raised up for no other reason as in he's just one other God among so many others. Virtually unknown in every way. What can you say about the unknown God? What can you tell me about him? What do you know about him? How does he compare to your others? What sets him apart? Is there anything that you can tell me about him? Is there anything that you can tell me about his works? Can you tell me anything about what he can do? Can, can you tell me anything that he has done? But they, they had no response. 
Paul in his spirit he knew the response uh, the very thing that they were looking for the very answer that they were pining for the very emptiness in their heart dwelled uh, in the monument raised to this unknown God the very mystery in their life where can the healing of my heart come from where can the delivering of my soul come from where can the help for my family come from where can my blessings come from where can hope come from where's the origin of true joy in this life where can I find peace that passes every understanding where can I go to in my time of trouble where can I cast my every care where can I go to in my time of want where can I go in my time of hurt where can I give my love where can I give my what It's funny, the varying range of beliefs that we have even in this church. And if you wanted me to be just as honest, I'll be as honest as we can be. We're not always on the same level when it comes to where we're going and what we're doing. You got one side, you got people that are worried about how other people are acting. You got one side where people are worried about how other people are dressed. You got one side where other people are worried about how others are worshiping. You got one side worried about one thing and where people have been. We're, we're all just kind of wandering around trying to find, reaching for that place in God. Everybody's on their own level trying to seek after the answers that only God can give them. But the truth is, is we're here. And there's only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There's only one God who is above all, through all, and in us all. There is only one gospel. There's only one truth. There's only one faith. There is only one. And as long as we can come together, it doesn't matter where you are and where you came from. It doesn't matter where you are in your relationship now or where you're in your relationship tomorrow. As long as we're seeking after the one. You see, because we are so scattered, he's very much unknown in many ways to us. He's unknown when our focus is solely upon the outside and not the inside. He's unknown when our focus is on what we see and not what we perceive in our spirit. He's unknown when all we can do is judge things by what we feel and not by what's happening in the atmosphere. In Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, he said that you shall seek me and find me. And when you shall search for me with your whole heart, I will be found of you. How do you search? How do you inquire? David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and inquire of the beauty of 
the Lord. How do you seek after that which you don't know? When you search with your whole heart. When you search fervently through the scripture. When you search fervently in the spirit. When you search with your worship. When you search with your faith. When you search with your arms outstretched. I'm telling you right now. The Lord is nigh them that are of a broken spirit. And a broken and a contrite heart. He will not despise. We need to have a spirit that is reaching towards him. Why? Because that is what the unknown God expects. He wants to fill the places in your life that are empty. He wants the places in your life that you're not giving him. He wants the things in your life that you're not letting anybody else into. He wants to heal the places that you're not telling anyone that's broken. He wants to fix the areas in your life that you're not telling He is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. But how do you search? How do you hear? Paul addressed this and wrote in the church in Rome when he said, For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I want to tell you right now, I'm here to tell you that God can heal your life. He can change your spirit. He can change your situation. He can save your soul. He can touch your heart. He can change your mindset. He can change the trajectory of your soul he can change your eternity he can change your tomorrow he can even change your now but he's still so very much unknown because we only give him a part of ourselves we only give him so much without completely surrendering all to him How shall they preach except they be sent? Paul's letting you know the only thing that's going to establish faith in your life is the word that has been given by a God that created the heavens and the earth. And if you don't know that he cares, I've sent someone to tell you. I've sent someone to bring this up. Now, I'm not one that sits there and I'm not a a preacher religion kind of guy. When men and other preachers walk by me, I, I, don't, I don't gook and I don't gawk over them and I don't shower their path with rose petals. They have the same calling. They have the same word. They have the same truth that I carry. But I have not been sent into this world to be glorified by people. I have not been sent in this world to be praised by people. Because it is not of me. I've only been sent. And the only word that I have is a word of an unknown God to so many. A God that loves before the foundations of the world were even laid. That he was crucified. A lamb slain. God that saw men and women trapped in their sin. Trapped by their bondage. Trapped by their iniquity. Trapped by their pain that he would make a way out of no way. So that they would have life and life more abundantly. And this is unknown to us. No. We praise his name without knowing his heart. We worship him without knowing the depths of him. And in so many ways, it's still a very big mystery to us. That's why so many have walked away. It's because they've only heard of him and they don't know him. 
I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to digress and I'm going to stop trying to be as evangelistic tonight. But I, I, I just want to bring this point to you. And so they, they, they said, well, listen, if, if you're going to come and you're going to preach about Jesus, then at least let us deal with this philosophically. Let's talk about this on a level of education. And let's talk about this in a manner where us dignified folks can talk about it. To a God where he said, I have chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. Because how can you search the depths of his greatness without knowing him? Job in his vastness of riches and wealth and closeness with God. When he began to question God in his close nature, walk in relationship with him. God had questions that even Job could not even answer. And so your philosophy doesn't really go anywhere. Bible said that in the book of Colossians that beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of man and after the rudiment of the spirit of the world and not after Christ. Their philosophy could not predict the truth. Their philosophy could not change a life. Their philosophy could not heal a heart. Their philosophy could not eradicate Depression. Their philosophy could not fix broken marriages. Their philosophy cannot take away addiction. Their philosophy cannot restore the mind. Their philosophy cannot give joy. Philosophy is just a bunch of unfulfilled questions that are put together in order to make yourself sound smart in a world that has more confusion. But God is not an author of confusion. Beware till you try to intellectually God talk yourself out of relationship with God. Beware lest you begin to try to talk yourself educationally out of knowing that God is real. There was no strange gods to make known. But the one revelation of the one true God, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, He is one Lord. He was getting ready to trump their philosophy. Isaiah 6 and 3 says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts, and the whole earth is full of His glory. Paul, as he begins to preach that it was in him that we live and move and we have our being. The pressing down of the weight of his glory is upon man. That's the weight that we feel that drives us to know something that's beyond ourselves. That the earth is full of the glory of God. There's a reason why there's an innate nature inside of every person to reach beyond themselves and ask God if you're real. God, if you're there, if you don't know him, Paul's wanting to tell you here he is. He's unknown unto you. But what separates him is that he can be known. He can be felt. He can be sought. And he can speak. And he can and he can work. It's his glory. It's his creation. This earth that you live in and everything that you see and everything that you touch it was here only because of him. It's done only by him. John said by him the world was created and not one thing was made that was not made by him. It's his word. It's his truth. It's his way. And the Bible is the quick declare. It's in him we live and we move. 
I don't know if I'm making any sense to you tonight, but I'm making complete sense to my spirit. Paul was telling them, you look at this place every single day. And you have no idea what you're reaching for. You have no idea what you're grasping after. You have no idea what you're sacrificing for. You have no idea what you're worshiping for. You have no idea what you're dancing for. You have no idea what you rejoice for. You have no idea what you let your life go for. You have no idea what you cry at night for. You have no idea what you yearn for. And I'm here to let you know uh, there is a God uh, who is... He has appointed the day. He has declared the beginning. He appoints the ending. I'd rather trust in him than anything or anyone else. And what was so hard for them, Sister Warbington, you're just going to have to help me out. What was so hard for people to believe Was that he lived and he died. And he rose again. You see, they believed in gods who were untouchable. They believed in gods who did not get personal. They not only believed in gods that were everlasting and eternal, but... For a God to put humanity on. To carry the weight of the world's sin and put it in a grave. And bury it. And rise again and offer life to everyone that seeks Him. In a way, Sister Karen, to them that sounded weak. The God of all creation becoming humanity, that's not weakness. That's power. How is that power? Because glory. eternity put on finality for a moment and bore the weight of sorrow he was despised and he was rejected of men don't you know that God knows that people don't come to him to this day he told Samuel he said the people love me with their mouths oh I want you to hear that word right now I want you to take a deep dive into your heart right now. They love me with their mouths. But their hearts. We were leaving Cabot today. Having lunch with my parents. I've, I've, been, I've been talking to my wife for a long time for a new truck and would love to have a truck. And we're 
looking and trying to find what I want and going through all that. But as we were leaving to leaving Cabot today, a beautiful 19, I don't know if it was a 67 or 66 Chevelle. Right by us. I looked at my wife and I said, that's my dad's dream car right there. I could talk about it. I've seen it in magazines. I've been in the toy aisle at Walmart. And I've seen Hot Wheels versions of it. I've been to Hobby Lobby and I've seen model kits of it. I've Googled it on the internet. I could talk of it, see how many, how size of engines that they put on it. I, I, I've seen them when they made it automatic and, and six speed. I've, 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 I've looked at it. Well, you want to know something, Brother Pennington? I've never touched one. I've never sat in one. I've never kicked over the ignition, Brother Brown, and put the pedal to the metal and heard. I've never felt the power of the engine, Brother Brown, shake under me as I sat in it. So what in the world, Brother Skipper, do I know about it? Oh, you picking up what I'm putting down? You can talk about him all you want to. You can tell the world that you believe. You can put the cross around your neck. You can put it in your kitchen. You can put it in your home. And you can carry around your Bible. You can talk about what you know He did. You can talk about who you know He is by what the preacher says on Sunday morning and on Sunday night. But it's a completely different story. When you get into His presence and you begin to know Him for who He is because He is not unknown. He's as close as the mention of His name. He's more powerful than you give Him credit for. He's more wonderful than you praise Him for. The Bible said, as Paul began to preach Jesus unto them, there were those that clave unto him because when somebody begins to get to really know him, they don't want to let him go. Oh, I'm about to knock somebody right square across the face. If you think you love him, but you can walk away from him, then you don't know him. The Bible said that Joseph of Arimathea came and he craved for the body of Jesus. 
Oh, you want to know him? The unknown God. He was there. I'm telling you right now. He was declaring him. He was a God that created the heavens and the earth. The God who was crucified of men. But he rose again with power in heaven and earth. Given unto him. His name is wonderful. His name is awesome. His name is mighty. Paul preached Jesus unto them. Christ and him crucified. Alive forevermore. And they were so, oh, I need him. I need him. Whatever it takes. I need him. I want him. When God hits someone, it can either hurt or it can heal. When God moves, it can hurt or it can heal. Jesus declared in Matthew, the 21st chapter, that whosoever shall fall upon this stone, they shall be broken. What the good news is about him is he can put broken things back together. When you fall upon Christ, your life, it seems to fall apart. But he puts the pieces together and he makes it whole again. He arranges all. Now, you don't need that anymore. You don't need that. Oh, I'm taking the place of that. And he begins to fix man and report him back together in his image. And he puts him back together as he should be. Because when you fall on Christ, it can hurt or it can heal. But the Bible said that whosoever the stone shall fall upon. He should be ground into dust. I want to preach to you today this unknown God who we worship. His name isn't any other name. His name alone is holy. His name alone is majestic. When we speak the name of Jesus over you, we're not just calling upon a name. I'm calling the name of a God who put it all together and he puts it together again. When we preach the name of Jesus, I don't preach any other name. For neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He is the peace for the weary mind. He is hope for those that are hopeless. He is joy for those that are broken. Why is he so unknown? You know his name, but do you know him? Is there a moment in your life that says, Jesus, where is he? You're empty, but you need an answer. He's real. Why is he not known to you? If you want him, you won't walk away from him. If you need him, you won't depart from him. He said, because my sheep know my voice. If you're listening, why aren't you responding? Is he unknown? I thought the imagery that Sister Rachel put together was so majestic and beautiful. We stare at the night sky. We see the sunrise. We see it set. 
We see the moon in the evening. His testimony and His majesty is before us. We perceive His greatness without perceiving Him. Troubles come. You wake up and you're grieved in your spirit by something that troubled you at night. And you're sitting alone and you're watching the sunrise. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. And He's evident. Right there, as the sun breaks through the morning dawn. And it begins to shine on a new day where His mercies are new. And that trouble that you've been going through, that pain that you've been going through, that loneliness that you've been going through, and you've been asking God, why, God, where are you? And He's making Himself known in the majesty of His creation and His splendor. His presence there, because it's in Him we live and we move and we have our being. But all you can do is question. All you can do is worry. And all you have are crosses hanging in your home to an unknown God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost moving in a deep way right now. And in that moment, God's making Himself known. He's making Himself real. I control the day. I control the life. I have the appointment of time. In that moment, and that breaking forth, everything in the heavens is revealing unto you that nothing happens without His say-so. Nothing happens without His doing. Nothing happens without His ability. Nothing happens without His spirit. Nothing happens without His truth. But He's unknown when He's right there. And the earth is full of His glory. Meaning the weight of His splendor is pressed down upon humanity. Waiting for us to crack under the pressure and receive Him. Paul made it very simple. He said, the very one that you don't know that you seek is the only one you need. But let me make him known to you. He has a name. That when you call upon Him, they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You don't just have to talk about that Chevelle. You can get in it. You can crank that engine. 
and you can feel the full thrust of its power. So here he is, every eye closed, every head bowed. He said, in the day that you seek me, and you shall find me, it is when you search, search with your whole heart come on if the earth is full of his glory it shouldn't take long for us to search and find he said the deep crieth out unto the deep 